for the big thing on Total Soccer Show, our weekly deep dive into a big talking point in the beautiful game. And this week, there can surely be no bigger talking point than Lionel Messi's shock announcement of his move to join Inter Miami in Major League Soccer. The 35-year-old's contract is up at Paris Saint-Germain on June 30th, and he was widely expected to make a move to Saudi Arabia, where a two-year contract reportedly worth a tax-free 2 billion euros was waiting for him. Despite a very highly paid tourism ambassador role for Saudi Arabia, on Wednesday, Messi confirmed he had made his decision to move to Florida. On today's show, we're breaking down this monumental moment for US soccer. We'll look at what it means for MLS, how the world is reacting, and how this will potentially change the course of the sport in the United States. Hmm. My name's Ryan Bailey. Joining me today, we have Mr. Taylor Rockwell. Hello, Taylor. Hello, my friend. Yes, the uh, algorithm on Reddit and Twitter has been trying to get me to care about the Alexis McAllister move. Nice try. It's all about Messi this week. Nice try, Twitter and Reddit. Nice try. Other things happening in life. Uh, We're talking about Messi right now and for the near future. Graham Rutherford joining us as well. Hello, Graham. Hello, Ryan Bailey. How are you? I'm very good. I I uh, I was expecting this week to be a, a relatively quiet news week, yeah. Graham. But uh, we've had so far uh, Saudi Arabia nationalising four of its teams and literally buying all of golf. We've had West Ham <laughs> winning a trophy for the first time in 43 years and David Moyes doing a dad dance. We've had disgusting. Po- uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Postecoglou was <laughs> hired. Bellingham going to Real Madrid. Benzema going to Saudi Arabia. Zlatan retiring. Maldini sacked at Milan. All this since the Kante. weekend. Conte too, and Conte 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 as well. Bailing up. So much. A busy week, Graham, a busy week. But here we are to talk about uh, a subject you've written um, effusively about on The Guardian several times this week with a few different takes. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. My Monday take was Messi should not go to Inter Miami. (laughs) Wednesday take was this is huge for MLS that Messi has gone to Miami. I would argue that both points still stand. Inter Miami are a little bit of a mess, at least in terms of the, the team on the pitch, but you're right. It is a it's a huge deal. It's a huge story. The fact that this is the only story in town, this is the only thing on the agenda in a, a week of such incredible news, such big news, really says how how notable it is. And obviously, this story didn't come out of the blue. We'd known for months and months and months, years, even that Inter Miami were chasing Messi. They basically built their entire club around this idea that he would one day join. But nonetheless, given the way the, the momentum was, was going towards Saudi Arabia in particular, and then a couple of months ago we had Barcelona um, publicly commenting on, on the possibility of Messi going back there as well, it has caught a lot of people by surprise that Messi has, has chosen Inter Miami, and that's where a lot of the intrigue lies, is why has he made his decision, and how exactly have MLS managed to beat Saudi Arabia and Barcelona, the club that he loves more than any other club in the world, to this transfer. Yeah, Taylor, let's dig into that. How has this route happened for Messi, essentially? We, we're hearing reports that the Saudis had uh, jets waiting on the tarmac mm-hmm. in Paris to take him to Saudi Arabia to finalise the deal. Obviously, uh, Saudi Arabia has been making some big uh, moves in sports literally this week, as well as we mentioned a moment ago. I was expecting this to be the crowning glory for their week of big moves. Yeah. I'm assuming they were expecting the same thing too. As like you go to the airport here in Rome, there's still a giant billboard of Messi saying, visit Saudi Saudi Arabia, which has been there since uh, before the World Cup. He it hasn't is... been crossed out in Miami written over top of it yet? Well, the thing is, Taylor, he he reportedly has said, like, I'd rather my family lived in Miami than Saudi uh, than, than in Riyadh. And mm. the people who are giving him <laughs> many... visit Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're, if you're an ambas- a tourist ambassador for Saudi Arabia and you'd rather go somewhere else, 
that's not a great look. So this that's, must Taylor have taken the Saudis by surprise too. That's the loophole though. It, it, he's a tourism ambassador, not a residency ambassador. That's the difference. And I do mm. think that is kind of the difference. I think we can talk plenty about why he didn't end up at Barcelona. And I think a lot of that has to do with the financial situation there. Uh, but I think that was probably the most obvious destination for him. Then I did feel like it was going to be Saudi Arabia because of the limitations at Barcelona. I'm inclined to believe some of the reporting, which is that his wife, uh, Antonella Rocuzzo, his wife, did not want to live in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and Ronaldo, I think, has has talked publicly about some of the difficulties of his family living in Saudi Arabia. I think that was a, a major issue. And I, and I do think there is something to be said for visiting a place versus living there. If you're visiting there, you're seeing, ideally, the best it has to offer, the glitziest night spots, or the best restaurants, or the most interesting attractions. But living there day to day, the societal regulations and norms are, are going to be pretty stringent, is how I would put that. Uh, my, my family, uh, my, my grandparents live there. And it was very, very, very restrictive uh, for my grandmother. So you know he's going to Florida, right? What's that? He's going to Florida. Yeah, I mean, I think there have been plenty of jokes about that, about like an autocratic country that's limiting <laughs> women's reproductive rights. Oh, wait, he's going to the United States. Never mind, same thing. Uh, and I don't, and I agree like that there are reasons for criticism for Florida and for the United States, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think there are also plenty of reasons for criticizing Saudi Arabia. Uh, and I don't think that those are the same when it come in, comes to women's rights, in my opinion. So I think yeah. that is part of it. I think basically... Uh, reading between the lines, it feels like his wife said, you are welcome to go play in Saudi Arabia. We won't be coming with you. Uh, and, and I think at that point, that's where a lot of the, the talk from Messi and his camp has been. He's choosing his family. He wants to spend time with his family. I think they've done a really good job of threading the needle of talking about how he wants to be around his family without saying, like, he's done enough. He just wants to relax and be with his family. That wouldn't be the best look. I think they found a good sort of middle point of he wants to continue his career, but he wants to spend time with his family. This gives him that option. So I do think yeah. that is part of why maybe the Saudi offer uh, wasn't as appealing. Yeah. And unlike Wayne Rooney, he actually likes his family. Wayne Rooney, who, <laughs> when told by Colleen that she wouldn't be moving to DC if he took yeah. that job, was like, bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> now, Graham, Taylor, Taylor mentioned Ronaldo there, obviously uh, being in Saudi Arabia. I wonder if that is part of the calculation. I don't know how much machination or whatever Messi does in terms of uh, thinking about his legacy. But you think about Messi in the past year. Uh, he's completely outdone Ronaldo. He's won a World Cup. Uh, he's taken a different path to Ronaldo. Now, he's certainly in this moment in time, he's regarded as being a potential game changer in a new country. If he'd have done that in Saudi Arabia, the narrative might not be in the same thing, trotting the same path that Ronaldo has done there. So I know we, for years when they're in the same league, we had the Messi versus Ronaldo. I wonder now if we've written a slightly different story and Messi's conscious of the fact that he's not going to the same place and he's maybe having a, a narrative that will look back, be looked back upon differently uh, in years to come. Yeah, sort of. I mean, it's it's two strands, two different strands of the same narrative, right? Where both players have left Europe and have kind of left the elite level. Because as much as I would argue MLS is a far higher level than the, the Saudi Pro League, it's still not a big five European league. Messi's not going to be playing in the Champions League. I certainly think he's still good enough for that level. When I think about it, that does make me a little bit sad. I mean, ideally... I would have liked to see Messi go back to Barcelona and then go to Inter Miami as someone who doesn't have a lot of skin in the game. I'm, you know, I'm a neutral observer. So it, there are similarities in the way that they both kind of step, stepped out of the European elite game. But you're right, Cristiano Ronaldo, I can't imagine, has done a great deal for his legacy by, by going to Saudi Arabia. 
Messi, I think his move to Inter Miami will be looked upon much more favourably. And you compare the attention around Benzema, for example, this week, this the same week going to Saudi Arabia, compare it to Messi. And I know, you know, Messi is a is, is a a far better better player has a, a far greater legacy. But nonetheless, you're talking about a Ballon d'Or winner going to Saudi Arabia, the current Ballon d'Or winner going to Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't think that move has had the fanfare that Messi's move to Inter Miami has had. So there is there is an interest an interesting difference in in the two different narratives there. I agree there. Okay, so Taylor, can we break down sort of a bit of the timeline of how this has happened? It seems like obviously it's fairly obvious that this has been on the cards for Inter Miami for a while. We've seen Phil Neville uh, be relieved of his duties uh, what, a week or two ago. Uh, even Apple announcing a messy documentary a few days before this was announced. It seems like the, the, the roadmap has been laid out here. But how, how has this offer come about from MLS? How, uh, what, what happened with the Saudi Arabian offer? What happened with other offers like Barcelona as well? How have we got to this point? On the Miami side, they have been preparing for this for, I guess, since like the roster limitations were put in place, since those sanctions came down. I think they've been trying to maneuver to make sure they have an open designated player spot. But then also it seems like uh, doing some roster maneuvering so that if and when Messi came, they would then be able to sign other players to kind of insert around him. And when it didn't feel like Messi was coming, we joked about this this very week, that suddenly that roster looks way worse because if you don't have Messi, uh, there's still capable players there, but you're missing that creator that the team is clearly set up to need. Uh, And so I think for Miami, it's been a very long process in terms of their roster. In terms of the offer made, I think it's probably been a lot of back channel back and forth between the league in Miami and Messi's camp slash Messi's father. We Whenever we say Messi's camp, I think there's like two people that are actually representing Lionel Messi. And a dog. Uh, and a dog, of course, of course. And Graham, uh, you talked about this a little bit yesterday that it seems like they were basically sort of like, send us your best offers. We're going to get them all on the table and then we're going to pick one. I don't think we expected it to necessarily happen this quickly, but Messi, by all accounts, wanted his situation sorted. I think was really ready to be done with PSG, really ready to be settled with his next opportunity and to know what that looked like. And it seems like Miami gave him the most clarity and, and a good bit of money as well. Yeah, Graham, what, we, we saw Messi give an interview in Spanish language on Wednesday as well. What, what did he say about the offers he's had and his decision to go to Miami? So yeah, Messi gave this slightly strange um, video interview to Mundo Deportivo, uh, a news a newspaper, a news outlet, where he spoke about the offers that had been made by Barcelona um, and Saudi Arabia. He was he was very honest about his desire to to return to Barcelona, and I think it's clear that was his first choice. So here are some direct quotes from Messi on Barcelona's offer. He said. If the Barcelona thing didn't work out, I wanted to leave Europe, get out of the spotlight, good luck with that in Miami, and think more about my family. I really want to. He won't be in Miami, he'll be in Fort Lauderdale, so it'll be fine. (laughs) Miami, he'll be recognized. It's all good. (laughs) There we go. That's how he's getting out of the spotlight. Um, I was very excited to to be able to return to Barcelona, but having experienced what I experienced and the exit I had, I did not want to be in the same situation again. That's an interesting quote. Waiting to see what was going to happen. I heard that they had to sell players or lower player salaries. And the truth is that I didn't want to go through with that. So it it sounds like Messi has been pretty badly scarred by what happened at Barcelona two years ago. We all remember, obviously, the the tearful press conference. I think he was genuinely hurt by that experience. And, And the fact that he's chosen Inter Miami speaks to that. He also spoke about the the Saudi Arabian offer. Um, I don't actually have a great read on why Messi rejected Saudi Arabia, other than 
the fact that he wants to go to Miami for his family. He has a a, a property there, um, and if we're to take him at his word, then that that is the reason. But he has been happy to take Saudi Arabian money before. He will continue to do so as an ambassador, as we, as we mentioned. But he said. If it had been a matter of money, I would have gone to Saudi Arabia or elsewhere. It seemed like a lot of money to me, and the truth is that my decision was for the other side and not for money. So there's a lot to unpack there. The Barcelona stuff is particularly interesting. Barcelona then put out a statement on Wednesday night, which was frankly embarrassing. It was yeah. very condescending and nothing to do with their financial management or anything like that. There was no self-reflection at all. It, it was basically Laporta... Um, slapping down one of the, the club's greatest ever players and, and saying, oh, he's he's decided to go to a lesser league out of the spotlight and we wish him luck with that. It was, as I say, very condescending. Can I read the quote there, Graham? It's, President Report- Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands, further away from the spotlight and the pressure he'd been subjected to in recent years. As you say, Graham, an entirely unnecessary press release from Barcelona there. What? Why? I, d- I don't even understand... Yeah, why they felt the need to make a statement. Just yeah. oh, don't, I, just I don't mean, make a statement. I mean, I think, first of all, we're about to record our Succession 11 after this episode. Uh, and that feels like a very Logan Roy, don't acknowledge any of your own shortcomings or weaknesses, but instead sort of ignore them. Don't necessarily go on the attack either, but, but just be sort of condescending while talking about your strengths. And I think that's why he probably had to say something is because... They, they lose Lionel Messi because they can't afford to pay him. They can't, I think, afford to register him at the time or there's a lot of financial instability with Barcelona when he leaves. And so now this is the second opportunity. It's the chance to bring him back. You can make boatloads of money off of the Messi return campaign and the new jerseys and whatever it will be. But then you've missed out on that, too. I think the president of Barcelona has to say something. And I think he has to kind of downplay what the obvious reasons were for why Messi isn't still at Barcelona or why he had to leave in the first place and sort of play up the like, ah, his family, lesser league, less competition, whatever. So I understand where that's coming from. An interesting one that you said, Graham, in Messi's quote, there was something in there along, like, to me, it resonated as like fairness about, about like, it, it, like, like, uh, basically it sounded to me like he didn't want to destabilize Barcelona by forcing players out. Can you go back and read the beginning part of that quote from Messi again? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, so it is essentially, um, I was very excited to be able to return to Barcelona, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I did not want to be in the same situation again. I heard that they had to sell players or lower that. players' salaries, and the truth mm-hmm. is that I didn't want to go through that. Yeah, and I think that's the case. Is we've, We're already seeing that, that they'll have to, they can register the players they currently have under contract, right? We, we had this... Uh, conversation before recorded so Gavi has been registered but if say Ilka Gundogan wants to move on a free he cannot be registered because of the financial situation so I think for Messi seeing that it would require players being sold and the saga that would be involved there it's not really a great atmosphere to be like all right well I'm waiting to sign until you guys sell that player and especially if you want your future sorted relatively quickly we saw last summer the Frankie de Jong saga drag on and on and on stands to reason that could happen again so I can totally see why he wouldn't be enamored of that idea. The other thing with Saudi Arabia, aside from personal reasons, is maybe this is me being ignorant, because I don't know what the coverage has been like uh, in Europe, but I think if you look at what's happened since Ronaldo moved there, there are definitely attempts to kind of bring up, like, oh, look at this goal he scored, look what's going on there. Obviously, there have been headlines about other players moving there, but there really hasn't been that much coverage. And I think if you're thinking about your legacy and still staying in the spotlight, still having opportunities, uh, financial and otherwise, 
Uh, but then also your family mattering. I, I feel like that's why Miami suddenly gets a lot stronger because I'm not saying that MLS is, you know, as covered as the Premier League or the Bundesliga in England or something like that. I think there is a much larger footprint in Major League Soccer in South America. Certainly, you look at how many uh, Argentine players are playing in the league and have played in the league, uh, how many other South Americans are in the league and playing at Inter-Miami. And I think there is more of a connection. Obviously, Miami is that cultural hub of North and South America, uh, in my opinion. So I, I think that's the other aspect of it is like it's certainly not playing in one of the top five leagues in the world. But he is playing in a league that still has at least some resonance uh, in his country, in South America and in the Western Hemisphere. If he were to go to Saudi Arabia, he would essentially be doing the job that David Beckham did to the, in 2007, where there's not there's there's yeah. just not the kind of infrastructure. There's not the footprint. I mean, at the time Beckham went to MLS, there, there was nothing in terms of a global reputation. Some people had never even heard of. MLS. I can't imagine there were there was a TV rights deal in the UK or in Europe. And so that's what Messi would have been to Saudi Arabia. If he goes to MLS, obviously Beckham in the last 15 years has given MLS that platform. He, the, the attraction for MLS in the States now is to be the man who finally makes soccer. I mean, I know it is already kind of a mainstream sport, but really lifts it up to that to that plane with, you know, football and basketball and the NBA. And that's that's the attraction for Messi at this point. And I can imagine that's an easier sell for MLS than anything Saudi Arabia had. Yeah, Tyree, Tyree Kale of the Miami Dolphins talking about, like, who's going to be the bigger number 10 in Miami. I saw him posting that on social media. Like, yeah, you don't really have some of those maybe branding and yeah. uh, marketing opportunities for sure. H- how long until Stephen A. Smith is at an Inter-Miami training session? That's my question. Ooh. See, I don't know. That's a good question. There will definitely be... That first game is going to be a billion people. Uh, it's just going to be a camera showing celebrity. You're going to get like 20 minutes of actual soccer and 70 minutes of celebrity cameos. Mm. Uh, and especially when Miami goes to L.A., I imagine that one's going to be a pretty massive one as well. Yeah. The, just think of how many celebrities there'll be at Durvpunk Stadium if indeed the, the games are <laughs> I'm, played there. I'm still like the Stephen A. Smith one is odd because I know what you mean, Graham. But at the same time, I, like I'm not sure he knows soccer exists, or maybe he is a huge soccer fan and I just don't know it. But I, I, but that's never stopped him from screaming his opinion about things. So yeah, I'm sure he'll be there screaming his opinion about uh, Durf Pink Stadium. He, I'm sure he did it like during the World Cup, did he not? I'm sure I saw like Stephen A. Smith, uh, Stephen A. Smith clips during the World Cup talking about the USMNT. I'm sure that happened. I didn't imagine that. <sighs> that was a Popeye's Yay. fever dream, Graham. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> that let's take, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's learn a little more or try to learn a little bit more about Messi's deal and uh, how MLS are pulling this one off. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hey folks, this is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show reminding you that we are inching ever closer to the start of the summer transfer window, which means there are teams that will buy and sell their players early, there are teams that will leave that business very late, and there are teams that will operate in between. But no matter what, 
it's going to be a chaotic situation. There's going to be offers coming through willy-nilly. There's going to be transactions to be tracked and processed and make sure that enough money is there. There's going to be probably angry clubs calling to complain. There are many things to deal with. And unfortunately for those clubs, there is no sort of business tool that makes things easier, makes transactions simpler, gets the business done efficiently and effectively. But for the small businesses around the globe, there is such a service, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek kits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And I really appreciate that about Shopify. No matter how big you are, no matter how fast you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. That's as many countries as will be selling players in the transfer window this summer. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash TSS, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash TSS now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash TSS. Total Soccer Show, welcome back to The Big Thing. We are talking about the biggest player in the world coming to Major League Soccer. A huge, huge deal for American soccer this is. And a huge, huge deal, Taylor, has had to be struck to get mm-hmm. Messi over to uh, uh, Florida. Lovely Florida with its uh, book banning and whatnot. Let's not go- talk about that, though. We're, hey, we're done with Graham that is stuff. happy to talk about Florida. Florida, if you feel like Ryan and I are doing you a, dis- <laughs> just, uh, uh, a disservice... Uh, Graham is here to talk all about how much he loves yeah. Florida. Specifically yeah, Florida's uh, government, I think, is the big one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the real attraction there, yeah. <laughs> Gra- Graham's Look, here's the thing, a... right? Florida's government is in a bitter battle with Disney, and that, to, to me, is, like, you know, sacrilege. So, Oh, oh yes, of course. Will. Of course. I forget. I forget. Gra- Graham votes Disney above all other things. Yeah. I'm Indeed. glad that the camera on our Zoom is cutting off my Meatball Ron shirt, Graham. Otherwise, we'd have words. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Taylor, let's talk about the Alexi? actual deal. Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is um, Messi receiving? Obviously, he's he's made it clear. Like, I'm not doing this for the money, but he's getting a lot of money essentially out yes, of this deal yeah, as well. Yeah. So, it's, um, t- tell us about our understanding so yeah. far of what he's getting in. In addition to his salary at Inter Miami, we're talking uh, we're talking a, a share of the Apple TV Plus deal. We're talking uh, 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 some money from Adidas. We're talking even some equity in the team itself, right? Yeah, he's not doing it for all the money. He's just doing it for most of the money. Uh, there are various reports uh, of the two and a half year deal uh, valued around maybe 100 million to 150 million as sort of the base contract, as I understand it. Uh, and that does not include uh, any sort of potential revenue sharing from Apple or nor from Adidas, which will be part of it. So I think, as I understand it, it's basically like like any sort of subscriber, recognizable subscriber boost uh, that like is due to his arrival. There will be 
uh, some sort of revenue share there. And then in terms of uh, merchandise sales and uh, interesting to me that they didn't say like messy jerseys or inter Miami jerseys. It just seems to be any boost in merchandising sales. Uh, he will, there will be some sort of uh, revenue share there as well. So uh, it does seem like this is a very favorable deal for him. Much has been made of the fact that that means that other Owners effectively and other fan bases effectively are sort of paying for this uh, because there is money that could potentially come out of their coffers to make this happen. I think probably a lot of fan bases are okay with that. Maybe owners aren't going to love the idea of having to compete with Inter-Miami, the publicity they're about to get and continue to get, uh, and how good they will probably be with the number of people that want to have the opportunity to play with Lionel Messi. Uh, But I think those financial considerations were pretty strong. There is the idea of equity with uh, Inter-Miami. Some... I think a lot of speculation that maybe there will be a deal for future ownership. Las Vegas always gets mooted, but those are always sort of couched in uh, the deal would most likely or likely or could or like there are reports that it might without any sort of links to other reports. Uh, So I don't know how much of that is grounded in reality versus just speculation, because at this point, I think there is a lot of what it could be and what it might look like. And I think there's some people minimizing the numbers and I think some people really boosting those numbers because it makes it that much more exorbitant of a deal. Yeah, it's it's quite strange. And it, it is strange to think, Taylor, as you mentioned there, that other teams, all the other teams are technically paying for Messi to come to the league, which is wild if you're like Minnesota and you're paying to have some guy come and give you a beatdown at your stadium. It's never not weird that that's uh, part of the single entity structure. I'm still kind of confused about that argument, though, because he's going to be a designated player, so he only hits the cap to a certain extent, and then everything else is paid for by Inter-Miami. So I'm assuming that relates to the money he's getting from the revenue share, uh, otherwise, I don't. I don't feel like it's. I think some people have have understood that to be like the, that giant contract is being paid for by other owners. I don't think that's how that's going to go because I can't imagine uh, certain owners being like, yeah, sure, here's twenty million. I, I don't want to spend twenty million for my own team. I'm certainly not going to give you twenty million for your player. Mm. Yeah, is is the argument not that it's related to like the Apple TV revenue sharing, so that he's getting some of the money that otherwise would go to the rest of the teams? But then the argument, of course, is that MLS and Apple is banking on having yeah. more subscriptions, so they wouldn't have got that. They wouldn't have got that subscription revenue in in, in the first place. I kind of want to know how that works, though. Like, are we going to be presented if you're a new subscriber? You're going to be presented with like a screen that says, "Which player are you subscribing to watch? Lionel Messi, Dax McCarthy. Like, how, what the <laughs> what's the percentage going to be like for be other players? I do have it on good authority that what they did was they slashed Andrew Weeby's no show sock budget and Matthew Doyle's cat food budget, and then they put that into the Messi deal, and that was enough right. to basically single handedly afford him. I'm looking forward to. Messi rocking up at Apple's headquarters, going to see Tim Apple and going, money, please. Dinero, por favor. <laughs> and I'm just Help handing you. him like a hundred of those yeah. uh, headsets, those new headsets. There's your first year salary. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Taylor, um, LA, uh, sorry, into Miami tend to have a loose relationship with the rules and regulations of Major oh, do they? Soccer, certainly in terms of DPs <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. How does this work with um, uh, getting this done? And how does this work with, MLS's ongoing attitude to making up the rules as they go along. Yeah, I mean, that is part of MLS's legacy and history, how often they've just sort of had to make things up, starting with the the Beckham rule and the designated player rule. But the uh, work they had to do for Clint Dempsey to end up in Seattle, because as I recall, they were not top of the allocation order, and they had to kind of find clever ways to make that happen. The literal coin toss that saw Jermaine Jones end up playing for New England instead of Chicago, literal 
coin toss. Uh, they, they've they've had to do this uh, from time to time. It's part of the league, and it's where it just gets tricky because I've talked about this before. Anytime you are rewriting rules to make specific exceptions or have new rules put in, you are almost always creating unforeseen loopholes that you then have to create other rules for, which then open up other loopholes. Um, along the way, Inter-Miami have... I should say not even really exploited loopholes, just exploited a second set of books by all accounts. Uh, they got uh, dinged because they were basically, I think, paying for five designated players when the league obviously only allows for three. Uh, the way they were doing that is by misrepresenting certain signings, Blaze Matuidi, for example, being... Uh, I guess, registered as a TAM signing when he was very much a DP. Uh, some questions about how that could happen. Uh, and it's basically just that they reported what they were paying him to the league. Uh, and then they were paying him a very different number, uh, two sets of books, like I said. And so that came out when there was an ownership dispute. And I believe one of uh, Inter-Miami's minority owners told the league that this is what they were doing. That's that's how the league became aware of it. It's not as though they had financial investigators. It's not as though uh, there was sort of like, uh, an open secret that then they had to act on. It does seem like Inter-Miami were more or less getting away with it until it became public. Uh, there have been uh, sanctions over the last two seasons, certain personnel forced to step away, and it's limited what they're able to do on the roster side of things and will for the rest of this season, which is where I think there's already an attempt to tamper expectations a little bit or temper expectations rather with, you know, well, like right now, right, right now we're yeah, tampering right now. We're trying to kind of figure things out. We'll see what happens. And then we'll be able to like fully build around Lionel Messi next year. But I do think we're going to get some players brought in that obviously would not otherwise be playing for inter Miami. Sergio Busquets is the one that I believe most strongly will end up with Miami. Luis Suarez I've seen reported as well. And this is just my opinion. I just I don't see how that happens with the rest restrictions as they are without either those players taking massive pay cuts just to kind of get to hang out with Messi some more or without some more creative accounting. And I don't know if you're Major League Soccer, if you can afford to pursue that, like right? Like with Messi being there, this is your cash cow. This is going to have all eyes on the league. They're, like they're going to be able to sell more subscriptions. Apple TV is available where you guys are, so people can buy Apple TV and watch MLS and watch Lionel Messi. I don't think they could afford to have another scandal with Miami. So it makes me wonder if there will be a little bit of a blind eye turned towards some of their bookkeeping yeah. uh, over the next couple of years. So so Don Garber has been pretty open, not so much with other transfers like the Busquets one. I saw Angel Di Maria as well being linked yesterday. Apparently he could be on his way to enter Miami. He's a free agent. Garber hasn't really commented on that, but he has been pretty open on MLS getting creative with essentially breaking its own rules to get Messi to the league. And look, I think it's I think it's kind of justifiable. Messi is that one the, the one player in world football who can move the needle for soccer in the states and for and for MLS. So I think you just do what it takes to get him to the league. I do kind of wonder if um, get, signing Busquets and signing Jordi Alba and signing Angel Di Maria and getting Tata Martino as the new head coach, which apparently is looks likely to happen I kind of wonder if that's part of the pitch to Messi and and so the way they'll justify it the way the league and Garber will justify it is this is all part of the Messi deal we need to get him in a team that he's comfortable in a dressing room he's comfortable in I also think it's important for MLS to get him in a semi-functional team I mean it will quickly become a joke if Lionel Messi the greatest player of all time 
is jobbing around for a player uh, for a team excuse me bottom of the eastern conference as Inter miami are right now that will quickly become a joke and i can't imagine messi himself would be very happy with with, with that situation so it is in the league's interests yeah. i know that as much as this may may great and make rival fans unhappy but it is sort of in the league's interest to to get miami to a competitive point yeah i i think i'm aware that like me the the like my personal feeling is is it makes me uncomfortable to bend so many rules and to just basically make clear this player is bigger than the league uh, and we will do whatever we can to land him and then make him happy and make his team competitive. At the same time, like that is reality. Lionel Messi is the biggest player in the world uh, and he does bring so many more eyes to Major League Soccer. My my, my nieces and nephews, my like, like, uh, like my my wife wife's boss's kids are gonna want to go to games that wouldn't otherwise. Yes, I'm I've already had that conversation with people about like yeah, like they're so excited to go now. We're looking for tickets, uh, and yeah. so I think that is the reason they're doing this, and I think it will like work out for them. There is just that little uneasiness for me personally, but like my nephew's not gonna care. He's gonna want a Miami jer- uh, Miami Messi jersey, and I don't begrudge him that. I also think it's a really smart move or a no brainer of a move for the league because. I cannot think of a single player who you could do this for, and I think people would be like, uh, but it's messy, it's fine. Like, Ronaldo brings so much baggage uh, on and off the pitch that I think it, you would not get this level of, like, universal enthusiasm from, from obviously, Miami supporters, from people who like the league and follow the league, and then from rival fans as well. And I think if you had a team changing the entire structure of the league, changing the entire structure to make it so that Ronaldo could be here, I do not think it would go nearly as well. Uh, but because Messi is so beloved and like has, you know, tax issues and whatever, but I think is, is otherwise an unproblematic player. Uh, I, I think you can sort of play around with it a bit more because people are going to want to see him play and be in the stadium when he scores goals. Yeah. Pablo Mauro tweeted yesterday that, ticket prices for the MLS All-Star game after mm-hmm. Messi's announcement that he'd signed for Inter-Miami had like doubled or tripled it or in price. Yeah. That's for a game that Messi likely will not be playing in. So that gives so, you an idea of just the demand there's going to be across the league. The, the demand, you can see it, like fan bases on Twitter all talking about like the Inter-Miami game that's being played now later in the season. And anecdotally, I, I bought a ticket for the Inter-Miami game for Charlotte, which is the last game of the regular season. Oh, you did buy one? I did. Oh, I, I thought you didn't. I thought you just priced them. So, oh, good for you, buddy. As soon good as, as soon as, hey, it can came, I borrow that ticket? <laughs> as soon as the news came out, Taylor, I I went on and immediately bought a supporter section ticket for forty US dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, three hours later, the cheapest tickets were two hundred dollars, uh, and some resale tickets at the front were ten thousand dollars. Now, the 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 weird thing is, is uh, Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing, they call it. So the two hundred dollar tickets, they're not resale. That's Ticketmaster going, oh. Messi news is is heating up. Let's jack up our prices, which is outrageous and illegal in many countries, including the Dude, UK. Ticketmaster so, is going to put in a like, would you like to sell an organ option at some <laughs> point? Like they are that uh, ridiculous and unscrupulous. The point being, he is he is going to generate a lot of uh, cash across the league with these things. He's going to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they can do special season ticket yeah. packages that include the Inter Miami game in them. I imagine, like, there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff around him like Charlotte FC who have artificial turf I imagine mm-hmm. they'll put down real turf for one game for him for example that that would be I, kind I, of... I think I think you have to because I think you can't risk being the team that Messi doesn't play against and we've mm. seen players in the past or being the team play. that breaks them <laughs> or the, uh, yeah well 
That's that too. But I think the larger consideration for people like David Tepper, for example, is going yeah. to be, I want 70,000 people in the stadium. I want that money. I can't risk Messi saying no thanks because of turf. So we're putting grass down. We're doing whatever we can. And mm. it's worth noting the add-on effect of there will be games that Messi misses, either due to injury or circumstance. But if you have the players that we expect to be going to Miami because Messi is there, uh, either because they have an existing relationship or because players are willing to take pay cuts or less money just to be in the same team as him, even if he's not playing, you're going to still have huge names that you will want to see. And so I think even the kind of knock-on effect is is such that you're going to have exorbitant ticket prices. Yeah. I think uh, Red Bull prices I saw were like already $400 a ticket for their like mid-August game, because I think expectation is that that's when he will be arriving. Maybe early August? Yeah. yeah. August and everything after, sure. to quote Counting Crows, I believe is the term. But, you know, people are going to be paying $10,000 so. for a ticket, and he could be injured that week. It's a wild thing that's happening, Graham. It's, it's just crazy. It is. I kind of wonder how many actual MLS stadiums he'll play in in his first year. I mean, I can very much imagine... The Earthquakes, for example, playing at Levi's or mm. um, the Galaxy or, or even LAFC, LAFC playing at the Rose Bowl. And I can imagine a lot of that sort of thing is going to happen. Even Miami themselves, Hard Rock Stadium, let's align yep. the player with the burger and achieve commercial synergy there. I can imagine that will happen at some point uh, as well. One question before we get a little bit more into the technical team side of things. Is he going to fly coach? I, maybe we need Joe Larry for this rule, but is there, aren't there rules about where he would have to fly with the team? And I know we had stories about Wayne Rooney, like, I insist I fly coach with the team. Is Messi going to be on like a JetBlue flight to Kansas <laughs> at some point? Like, no. Perhaps, but he'll just chance. have the, the whole plane to himself. There'll be nobody else on it. <laughs> like, because well, I mean, another... okay, Here, here's what I would say is first of all, I'm sure that there either will be rule changes for that. I think there, it used to be the case that you had a certain number of first class seats and that was part of in the Beckham experiment that was like part of the frustration is that it used to be I think with the Galaxy a lottery or it would be like whoever earned it in training that week got the first class seats and then when Rude Hullet took over it was Rude Hullet and David Beckham <laughs> were the first class passengers <laughs> um, so I don't know if that rule has been adjusted I think also charter flights you have a limitation on charter flights or you have previously yeah. but they I also think that number I think like two years ago and it, it used to be something ridiculous like four charter flights a season and I think that got lifted in the CBA discussions like quite significantly but it's certainly true that teams are not taking charter flights to yeah. every single game but I don't know what the rules are for individuals and it stands to reason Messi could easily afford his own plane or be given a plane as part of this deal and then he can fly his own plane I don't know how well that would go over with the team but no I don't expect to see him uh <laughs> I do love the idea of is it Southwest that has the like when we call your group it's a free-for-all Thunderdome style yep, and you yep. have to just claim a seat that would be fun I feel like Messi would still with all the tackles and kicks he's gotten over the years he'd find a way to get the best seat without ever getting any sort of contact imagine if he brings his dog and he tries to put it under the seat in front of him oh <laughs> madness you just ride his dog to games that'll be fine <laughs> Uh, before we take Don't a break, dogs. Don't <laughs> no, yeah, dogs. yeah, probably, probably best not to do that, listener. Um, before we get to that, Taylor, how obviously as as Graham mentioned, into Miami bottom of the conference at the moment. How much material difference do we expect Messi to actually have? He is but one man after all. Uh, do we expect mm -hmm. like it's not like an an immediate ticket to the playoffs, is it? Uh, I mean, yes, in the sense that. The ninth place team in the East makes the playoffs, and I think he probably does make that big of a difference. Mm. Joe talked talked about this a little bit yesterday, that their roster 
is still good. It's not like they are just full trash. They have been missing a creative playmaker that allows Joseph Martinez to do Joseph Martinez things. Uh, Graham, I know you've written about this as well. Uh, So I think he does make them instantly better. And contrast him with David Beckham going to the Galaxy for a moment. Beckham for most of his career, is a, is, a, is a midfielder, a wide midfielder, outside midfielder. I know you guys don't like wide midfielder. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, like, the Galaxy then immediately using him more centrally, obviously that's a thing he can do, but you are bringing him in to play a new position and kind of hoping he gets up to speed, and then Beckham also carrying an injury when he makes his debut, and that sort of delays things a bit. So Messi coming in, ideally fully fit, and playing in the position that he wants to play in, which is basically whatever he wants to do. I'm guessing yeah. that's going to be the entire tactics. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll make a difference. I think players will be in awe of him, and I think he will score goals because of it. I think players will try to make a point, and I think he'll draw fouls and get penalties and free kicks. And I think players will overly focus on him to their own detriment because then you've got other players who are capable of scoring goals. So, yeah, I think Inter-Miami make the playoffs this year for sure. I don't know how far they go. I think next year when they are fully stocked up, I, I think that would be – they're going to be everyone's favorite to win MLS Cup next year for sure. And I think that's one of the biggest differences between Beckham and Messi is that as players, they are very different players. You know, people buying their ticket to go and see Beckham in 2007 aren't necessarily getting a show. I mean, maybe maybe they're getting, you know, the free kick moment or they're getting the long raking pass from deep that everyone goes, ooh, at. But Messi can put on a show and can essentially do something all on his own. I mean, I know he doesn't play with a full intensity like he, for 90 minutes like he used to. I know he kind of walks around a little bit more. He's obviously getting on a, a, a bit now. But as we saw at the World Cup, and as we've seen for PSG as well this season, he's still capable of those moments. He's still capable of grabbing a match and deciding that match on, on, on his own. So I agree with Taylor. I don't think Inter Miami are going to be like challenging for supporter shields with just Messi and their team they need to do a lot more than that but making the playoffs yeah I think that's realistic all right uh, let's take a quick break when we come back let's dig in a little deeper into the scale of this deal and what it means for MLS going forward back shortly this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs who would like to remind you when you're hiring for your small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role you don't want to end up with Ryan Graham and Joe just kidding Just kidding. Very much just kidding, because I was very fortunate to have the three of them all join the show. And I had existing relationships with all three of them that allowed me to know that they could handle the the amount of work that would be required, that they could be diligent in their tasks and be very effective on mic. And all three of them are. But again, that's because you have the existing relationship. If you don't feel like you have that with potential hires, then LinkedIn is going to make it very, very easy. And they're going to make it feel like you are connected to that person. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. But when you are setting the requirements and making it very specific as to what you're looking for, you can very quickly narrow it down to find the right candidate for that position. Hiring is easy when you have that many candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and you can too. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash TSS. That's linkedin.com slash TSS to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you very much to LinkedIn for sponsoring today's episode. 
Total Soccer Show, welcome back to The Big Thing. Uh, Graham, before the break, I mentioned how um, I managed to snag a ticket for uh, Inter Miami's uh, arrival in Charlotte for later this season, uh, which I'm very excited about. I told my I told my wife, my wife, about this yesterday and, and how Messi was coming to MLS. And uh, she said, oh, you should have got tickets for all of us. Now, my wife would <laughs> never go to a soccer game. Like, very little interest in it. I've been to yeah. maybe a couple of games with her in my life. She would never, apart from maybe like the World Cup, won't watch much on the TV. But Lionel Messi was the draw to come and watch him in the stadium. So that that says something about the impact, which we said earlier. It's going to get people who don't normally go to soccer games are going to start going to soccer games because Messi is there. So that that is something pretty significant, isn't it? It is indeed. And that's a big part of what MLS and Inter Miami are, are paying the money for you know they're paying for that that growth and that appeal on all levels I was reading that yesterday before the announcement into Miami's Instagram and look I don't know how I don't know how much this stuff actually matters but nonetheless it's interesting their Instagram followers were a million yesterday today as I'm looking at the page right now 5.4 million so they have they, they have grown five times over over in this in the space of uh, 24 hours uh, Joe was on the radio over here in Scotland talking about Messi, so that I think oh, it, it, um, kind of illustrates the global appeal as well. Did he do a Scottish accent? I hope he did. Oh, he should have. That would have been funny. Yeah, <laughs> he should he should do that an accent next time. I do kind of wonder. I mean, obviously everyone compares this transfer to Beckham. I've done it myself in in my article for the Guardian today. I do kind of wonder what MLS are going to get out of Messi as a celebrity, because obviously right. to this point and as in his career, we haven't really seen all that much of him, the human side of him. He doesn't tend to do like late night talk shows. And a big part of Beckham's appeal was that he did those like morning shows and late night talk shows and he did commercials and he did all that stuff as Messi going to be like on James Corden or whatever the equivalent is or the morning show or I, yeah. I, I don't really know that is going to be an interesting thing is he going to be pushed into doing that sort of stuff so that that's a really good point it's something I was going to raise as well even like with Zlatan going on Jimmy Kimmel and stuff you've had you get this um, non-soccer profile that some of these players bring Lionel Messi I honestly don't think I know what his voice sounds like and that's probably because that, that's maybe ignorance on my part because I'm not a Spanish speaker. But according to Guillaume Balaguer, he only started learning English in 2019 and he doesn't speak English terribly well. So which might be a factor of him coming to Miami as well, because, you know, quite a lot of Spanish speakers in Miami as well, which is a benefit to him um, as well. But I suppose, Taylor, it, it, it does bear the point that Graham is making there. He's not going to be on the chat show. He's not going to be making these uh, commercials unless he's got like the odd line to say in English yeah. language. He's going to have an impact in Spanish language in the US Certainly. significantly I'd imagine but mm -hmm. he's not going to be that Beckham figure he's not going to be he's not the marketeer's dream because he doesn't seem to have a personality either from what we can tell <laughs> I don't know I, I think we've seen players like Neymar I recall doing stuff with Jimmy Kimmel where he didn't have to speak it was just him like kicking soccer balls at stuff and kicking it like from one rooftop to another and trying oh, to yeah, score yeah so like I could see lots of gimmicky stuff like that but I also wouldn't be surprised if Unless there's guaranteed compensation, Messi, part of the deal is that he doesn't have to do that stuff because I could see him not loving the idea of going to a new league and then having to do 400 different media appearances a day. I think that's also where, again, we're talking about a player that is unlike any other player on the planet where, like, I think 
Inter Miami will be able to sell sponsorships and 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 make a ton of money off of just his image. And I think that's where you're going to see uh, like the I'm sure the sponsorship rates, the rates to have like an advertisement in the stadium in Der Funk Stadium uh, are going to be astronomical. Uh, maybe they'll add a whole new section onto their modular stadium or maybe they'll play in uh, Miami Dolphin Hard Rock Cafe Ace Ventura Stadium. I forget what it's called. Um That's right. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably where they will also recoup a ton of this is just by being able to have messy cams and messy trackers and uh, messy's image on whatever you want to put it on. I, I, I think media appearances aside, I don't think they need his sort of cult of personality because I think he kind of transcends that a little bit. My prediction is that Beckham will bail him out a little bit, and so they'll have Beckham mm-hmm. and Messi on yeah. Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, yeah. and they'll kind of just yeah, yeah, lean yeah. on Beckham to do the majority of the talking, and then get Messi to say a couple lines, and that'll be how they get around it. Wow. A lot of personality on that couch. I don't know if I've used that uh, word a couple of times, but yeah. That, that's, that sounds like it's going to be... Voice, his voice is deeper than I think you expect it to be or I expect it to be, as I yeah, recall. It's, a little bit. it's a little more mumbly, I, I think, but that might be just the limited English I've heard. But it, it, it's a deeper voice than, than you expect for a dude who's 5'5 uh, five, five and a rectangle. <laughs> That's going to be quite a contrast with David Beckham then, I imagine, on the uh, on Kimmel's couch. That'd be very yes. interesting. To I wonder if people are going to be weirded out by that because you're used to professional athletes. Like NBA players are all, I believe, nine feet tall. Uh, football players are all pretty uh, gigantic as well. Even baseball players pretty tall. Hockey players the same. It it was always jarring to me when I first started covering soccer in person to know that like Gattuso is five foot seven, maybe. Like you don't expect these people with this huge personality and attitude to be little fellas uh, and so I, I do wonder if there will be some consternation about like wait he's he's how tall i thought he was six foot four and now i'm confused yeah do you think graham there's an element of us getting very excited because messi is very big in soccer david beckham has name recognition in the u.s outside of soccer and he did previously because of you know his fashion and marrying a pop star and whatnot do we think that messi has that same kind of recognition that's going to bring middle america to the table quite like beckham did uh when he came to mls to be honest i'm i'm not sure i'm the person to provide an insight on that maybe taylor has a greater perspective Uh, on that well i mean you know david beckham was married to a spice girl like i i think that that is going to give you extra uh cultural cachet uh what what I think is, is a key difference maker, this doesn't quite answer your question, Ryan, but it's how I understand it at least, is that the thing with Beckham is that when that deal happens, he is perceived as being washed up and is perceived as being past it when they agree to the deal. Then he starts getting more minutes with Real Madrid. Then he becomes a key performer for them again. And that's the narrative when he comes to the league is that Real Madrid were trying to keep him and trying to find a way to extend his contract for one more year before he went to MLS and trying to get some sort of loan agreement put in place. And so when Beckham arrives, it's it's instead of the narrative of like, oh, he's fully washed up. It's like, ooh, this is the David Beckham who Real Madrid wanted, but maybe is also still past his peak. I think it would be unfair to say like Messi is fully at his peak and is the best player on the planet. Simultaneously, I think a, a an 80% Messi is still one of the best players on the planet, certainly one of the best players in Major League Soccer. And I think his game isn't built on explosive speed. He has that quickness and that acceleration, but it's about the way he can control the ball, the the, the passing he can provide, the goal scoring, obviously, his vision, his and then his reputation, his leadership, all that. Um, so I think he comes in with more... 
I guess like football enthusiasm. Like I think people like people will be expecting more from him to Graham's earlier point, but I think he'll be able to back that up at the same time. I think you will get those sort of moments of magic. And I think that will have him leading SportsCenter more often, uh, getting like, you know, more more clips on YouTube, more clips on Twitter and wherever else. And I, and I think he's going to be uh, front and center because of that on the sporting side of things. But I also, I don't see how it's possible for it not to bleed into everyday life. He mm. is that big of a name and soccer has become so much bigger since Beckham arrived in this country. Yeah. Uh, Beckham arrived in this country and then also soccer has become bigger in this country that you know, it already happened, as I said yesterday. Like, I got so many messages. I played an indoor game last night. It was, it was, that was the talk of the entire indoor facility is when, when's he going to arrive? What's the deal going to look like? What's it going to mean? How's he going to play? Who's going to be with him? And, and I just think it's, it's, it's just a different animal these days that I think, yeah, it's going to be, uh, Plenty of cultural significance for Lionel Messi in the US. That's a very good point. He's arriving at a very different time. And, and I always say, I arrived in the US in 2011. And the I difference. Mean, that's the other one. It's Beckham and then Ryan Bale. Well, I was going to say, that's the, the, the three stages it. Beckham's yeah. arrival, my arrival, and then Messi. Yeah. Might, he might push it a little higher than, than my arrival. Maybe. But um, we'll see. Time will tell. But like, like the, in 2011, when I, when I arrived, soccer was in a very different place to, like, say, 2020, 2021. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, after my deportation. Um, so. Yep. It got bigger once you left. That's true. It, it, it so, kept, can, kept getting bigger. bigger yeah. Can I sidetrack us for a moment? Or Ryan, did you want to keep going? I apologize. You go, you go. I was thinking about this in terms of the explosion of the popularity of soccer. And it, it has always been, I've always played soccer. So it's like, like my whole life, that was my sport. So I think I've been like around soccer people. So it felt more common to me. But then you'd go and, and hang out with people who didn't watch soccer and realize like, oh, th there is no like penetration on the sporting side or on the cultural side for people. Mm. And I think that really has changed, as you said, Ryan. And so I, I was thinking why that has changed. And and some of it is just, you know, it's really popular as a youth sport. It's it's a safer sport than certain other sports. I think that's a big part of it. I, I really think if, if I were to spotlight one thing, it's not Beckham. I think it's NBC getting the Premier League. I think that is the biggest thing. I think it made it into people's homes every single weekend. You know where the games are going to be, how to find the games, the way it's presented, uh, that it's in English, I think all of those things appeal on a broader scale. And I think that has sparked a huge amount of the enthusiasm for soccer at all ages. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm wondering if you all would agree or disagree if there's other factors you think uh, I, are equally big. I think, Taylor, you are reading the script to my TED Talk there because I've long oh. said that NBC is the biggest reason for the growth of the sport in, in, in the last decade or so. I think they've done an incredibly good job for the reasons you've outlined. The analogy I always use is when I arrived in the US in 2011, if you went to the beach, people were throwing a ball. By the time yep. I left, they were all kicking one. No one was throwing a ball anymore. So much they're... harder. Beach soccer is so much harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were wearing Barcelona and Real Madrid shirts yeah. as well. Oh, true, true. You know, and you... and and yeah, uh, we're we're in the summer. Uh, if you're going to the pool, if you're going to the beach, soccer jersey. That is the best possible place to wear them. I am not a like jersey every day wearing a jersey out in public. I'm not a say Graham Ruffin. Uh, but <laughs> when you're at the pool, when you're at the beach, that's a great one. And yeah, Ryan, I'm with you. That that is the the sport that you see. Uh, kicked around these days, it, it makes me it makes me pretty happy. Thanks, NBC. No, no more checking the listings to be like, is it on FS1? Is it on Satanta? Is it on like PBS randomly? <laughs> like it was in the early '90s. You kind of know where it is. It's that much more standardized. Yeah. Now it's oh, it's on Peacock when it shouldn't be on Peacock. That's the well, there is that to deal, deal with now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Graham, to, to finish off, there's there's kind of a best case scenario for Messi's uh, arrival in MLS and a worst case scenario. Best case scenario is he becomes 
more influential in the league than Beckham. He inspires a new generation of soccer fans. He increases the popularity of the sport. He stays, he wins a championship with Inter Miami. He sees out his contract. So that's, that's probably like a best scenario. A worst scenario is either he's injured uh, for large periods or uninterested, doesn't engage in the games, takes his money, Cuts out after a year, which some reports suggesting is a possibility for him to do. Cuts out after a year, goes and gets his tax-free billion euros from Saudi Arabia instead. Where do you think reality lies? Is it somewhere in the middle of that? Because we're going to see... He's not going to be up for it 100% of games, I'm guessing, if he yeah. has to... You know, he's, he's going to go to Toronto in March. That's not going to be what Lionel Messi is used to doing, climate-wise at least. And, you know, how, how engaged is he going to be? I suppose, where, where do you think it's going to fall between best and worst case. Probably somewhere in the middle. I know that's the boring answer, but that is probably the correct answer. I know, Ryan, I'm not having uh, a go at you specifically here, although you might catch some uh, uh -oh. some stray uh, gunfire uh -oh. here. But here we go. I always find that, that argument that, you know, a player's not going to be used to this sort of thing kind of strange because, like, there's games like that in every league. So, like, Messi's been playing away at Troyes for PSG this season, or in Spain he would go away and play and like, Cadiz. These are not exactly kind of glamorous locations. So did, I, he, did he travel I, three thousand miles to get there? Uh, well, Spain is a large <laughs> country, but not that large. So I get, yes, I get that. But he's going to have his own. He's going to have his own plane, as Taylor has already uh, described. So it'll <laughs> I'm, be, it'll... I'm just now like I'm really excited for his introductory press conference, where you know, like all the flash bulbs are going and everything. And his first comment is like, "But why is it Real Salt Lake? I don't understand." <laughs> 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 oh yes, yeah, someone's gonna have to explain <laughs> that to him and the rest of us, please, if you yeah. could. Yeah. Um so yes, I think the impact um is gonna be somewhere in between. Joe was talking about this on was that yesterday? That seems a long time ago, but he's right when he said that MLS can't just drop MLS uh, Messi, excuse me, into the league and just think job done. There needs to be a strategy on how to use Messi to grow and um kind of develop the sport and the league. And in fairness, they did that pretty well with Beckham. There was 13 franchises in MLS when Beckham arrived in 2007. From 2025, there will be 30 franchises. MLS is clearly a much stronger league now, and that's not purely down to Beckham, but I think he was a factor in kickstarting that growth, and they used him to kickstart a new phase of the league, and they need to do similar with Messi. There's the, the World Cup in 2026. I don't think that is an, an accident. I think there's been some planning there. I know... I know Soccer United marketing don't really have that that relationship with US soccer anymore. They're not kind of intertwined, but I have to believe there's been some form of cooperation on this and also the fact that the Copa America will be in the US next year as well. I think there has been some synergy in, in, in that sort of planning. And you, th this period between now and 26, 2026 is going to be absolutely crucial for taking soccer in America and accelerating it to the point that we all know it can get to and has seemed destined to get to for a long time. But now is kind of the do or die moment, it feels like. One other question for me, when we talk about like just dropping him into the league, uh, Conspiracy Brain in me is wondering if you all have thoughts on, was Phil Neville being fired part of this? Yes. Like, it, it does feel to me like that's not the coach that, like, yes, there's the Beckham connection and everything, and Phil Neville has his own... Uh, uh, successful playing career, somewhat successful managerial career. But Tata Martino, that just ticks a lot of boxes that Graham's already gone over. It, it feels to me like as soon as this became more likely, Phil Neville is out and Tata Martino is likely coming in. 
Hundred percent. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Okay. And, and and also Tata. I don't think it's so much get rid of Phil Neville. I think it's get Tata Martino, who Messi previously recommended for the Barcelona job. That's how he gets the Barcelona job all those years ago. As Messi push, pushes him forward, so I think that's happened again. The the way it keeps like I've seen it discussed is like he and Tata aren't friends, but they are friendly. They're not friends, but they are acquaintances. I don't know what that means, but I feel like. Uh, it, it'll be fine all the same. The other one that I'm also interested in is what the approach is in the locker room because things were different. Uh, it's, it's different here in the U.S. Uh, reporters are in the locker room in most sports, whereas obviously uh, in the rest of the world, there's the mix zone. You're waiting outside of the locker room for the players to come out, and then you speak to them. Not the case with American sports. Uh, when Beckham arrived, I remember being uh, at um, RFK for the DC game, and we waited outside until everybody was ready. Then you could go into LA's locker room. So you're still in the locker room, but you had to wait a very long time until he was, you know, camera ready. Uh, I wonder what the approach will be uh, now, if reporters will still be allowed in, or if Messi will no. be able to say, like, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you outside of the locker room. And again, I think Messi has the reputation and the reverence that everybody will just be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Whatever you want. No worries. Yeah, that's. I don't think they're going to be allowed into the yeah. locker room. I think Inter Miami are going to have a Willie's away first policy. Yeah, no, no messy junk for you, Taylor. No Willie Caballeros in the locker room. No, got, it, got it, got yeah, it, got it, got it. Yeah, and on that bombshell, uh, why don't we wrap this one up, <laughs> Graham Russell? Thank you very much for uh, giving us the download on this messy situation. Which isn't a messy thank situation. It's very, a very tidy situation. But thank you, Graham. Thank you again. Thank you. And thank you, Taylor Rockwell, for wading in on this one. It's at a very exciting time for this sport in the USR. Yes, sir. Did you say the USR? USR. Back in the like, USR. The USSR. Yeah, I don't know. Nice try, propaganda. <gasps> uh, yes, I am excited and I very much enjoyed chatting with you two about this one. Thanks, fellas. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, listener, for joining us on this one. Uh, we'll be back on the feed very shortly. But for now, bye. Bye.